Hola, amiga. I believe the only way to create a life of your dreams is by taking massive action that makes shit happen. Basically, amiga, handle your shit. Yes, I said that. Handle your shit. Stop playing small and start breaking down cultural limitations, gain back your feminine power, and become the unapologetic and unstoppable Latina you were destined to be. This show is meant to inspire, motivate, and awaken your soul's potential. You will learn from business professionals, successful entrepreneurs, and creatives that will teach you mental corrections, insider tips, success strategies, and of course, a dose of personal development. I am your host, Jackie Tapia, lawyer, transformational life coach, and entrepreneur. I am also a wife and mom to a little badass Latina. I'm obsessed with changing the Latina's mindset and breaking down cultural barriers so that you can live your best life and step into your true power and start living a life of abundance in all ways and always. Join me for inspiring conversations with thought leaders and learn how to handle your shit. ¿Estás lista? Vámonos. Hello, amigas, and welcome back to Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. And today's guest is a superstar in Hollywood. Her name is Alexia Maloki. And who is she? She's a prolific producer, marketing and distribution executive, blogger, journalist, brand ambassador, and business consultant. She is an accomplished entertainment industry professional with a long proven track record of success within both the domestic and international film and television community. Alexia and her partner own Little Studio Films, a Beverly Hills-based production, consulting, and distribution company. Through the years, she has acquired international distributor clients, film, and television shows from all over the world for release in the Middle East, Italy, Greece, Spain, Canada, South America, and Australia, always in the know of trends in film and television. She is fluent in five languages, amigas. She's fluent in Italian, Greek, French, Spanish, and English, and I believe more. She is in support of environmental causes and animal advocacy. She is a badass amiga, and I'm so excited that she's here with us. And without further ado, this is Alexia Meloki. Hello, 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 amigas, and welcome to Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. And I have my beautiful friend here. I've known her for quite some time. Her name is Alexia Meloki. She's this fabulous Italian. And she is here on this podcast, amigas, because she's not only fabulous, but she is one of a kind. She is moneymaker in Hollywood. She's got this dream that uh, she is going to be prolific here in Hollywood. She's got many films, and we're going to talk a lot about that. But um, as you know, as I've already previously recorded her intro, I mean, she's just so amazing. She's a, she's this prolific producer. She's in marketing. She's a journalist. She's a brand ambassador. She's a filmmaker. She's a producer. I mean, I mean, que no hace? This woman does it all. And I'm so excited to have have her here. So welcome, welcome, Amiga, to Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. Alexia, I love you. 
Welcome. Muchas gracias, mi amiga. Qué placer de ser aquí contigo. Oh, oh, bueno. Yes, I'm excited. to show off my Spanish. Of course. Because, amigas, this woman speaks over five languages. That's all I have to say. She speaks Spanish. She speaks English. She speaks Italian. She speaks Greek. And I know I'm missing another language. Am I missing another language? Uh, French, German. I don't know. Did you say French? <laughs> no, <laughs> see, see, this woman speaks everything. Oh my God. And we're going to get to know her, why she does speak all these languages. I mean, she is fluent. Oh my goodness. So this powerful amiga. So yes, she's Italian. So Alexia, tell us, where were you born? Because amigas out there need to know. Amigas need to know that I'm a closet Latina, first of all, because <laughs> I... <laughs> I am a total closet Latina. It's so funny. They bring me on to things and they're like, oh, you're Latin. I'm like, hell yeah, I'm Latin. I'm Latina. I love the music. I love the spirit. Um, I wish I had been born somewhere in South America, but that's okay because Italians could be Latinos. I mean, it's the languages, right? The Latin right. languages. So right. we are right. technically Latinos too, right? Right. <laughs> exactly. Oh yeah, for sure. And you were born in Milan? Is that true? I was born in Milan, yeah, from my uh, Italian dad and Greek mother. And But I've been here like proud immigrant, proud immigrant, amiga, uh, since I was 15 years old. So it's, uh, I live the American dream, which is yes. so, I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed. Yeah. So, okay. So you were in Milan. And so what brought you over here? Well, you know, my mom um, was was divorcing my dad and she had been, she was a branding person, branding expert, and she knew everything about fashion. She was representing the Fiorucci uh, fashion line. She had like a lot of high end, the Frette Linens and all that. And they wanted to bring in all these Italian products in LA. And if you remember it back in the 80s, there was nothing Right. Um, Beverly Center was pretty much it. The only shopping center that we had that had really good high-end stuff. And so she was hired as a consultant for all these business people. And uh, here's the thing about the power of manifestation and intention, right? You're going to love this. When I was 12 years old, I, and I found this recently, like about 10 years ago, I, I started looking at my diaries when I was a young girl. And I opened up one of my diaries when I was about 12 years old. And I opened up the page and what says in the page, biggest dream to go to live in America forever. I was 12. Wow. I had no idea this was going to happen to me, but I, I put it out there in the universe. Oh my and goodness. It's crazy. Like I was getting goosebumps when I saw it because I completely had forgotten about it. And so when I was about 15 years old and my mother says, pack your bags, we're going to America. I'm like, this is great. I get to go to high school. I get to live happy days. I get to go <laughs> to the prom. <laughs> like to me, that was like the highlight of the move, right? Going to the prom going to and the prom. just, yeah. And doing the cap and gown, you know, graduation thing that I had seen in the movies. Yeah. How strange life is. So that's kind of like why I, I came here. There you go. Here. Well, but you know, I was reading uh, your bio, and I and you know me, I like to poke around and do my research, and and what I found that yes, your mother was in fashion and whatnot, but I also found out that um, uh, you come from royalty. So okay, amigas, royalty. 
I said it loud and clear, royalty. Please tell us all about that because this is as close I'm going to get to royalty. <laughs> and I'm not going to ask you to bow down because you know what? The true royals, the true royals do not brag about being royals. And this is an interesting thing about it. You know, everybody comes to America and they go, oh, yes, I'm a countess. I'm a this and this and this. And then you look it up and it's not true. So, yes, true. God bless my mother. Um, my great-grandmother was second cousin to the imperial family of Russia. And actually, my great-grandmother's friend was Rasputin. We even have letters from Rasputin to my grandmother. And so my grandfather was a prince, was considered by all intents and purposes a Russian prince. And then my mother was a real princess and she went to finishing school in England and she was introduced to the ball. And then she met my dad and then it was me, the mutt. <laughs> <You know? laughs> no, no, you're not a mutt. Please believe me. You, you're amazing. Oh my goodness. So, okay. So if they, if they're royalty, do you, do you um, have a title? Uh I don't, uh, but we do have a family. We have the family emblems and all of that. And I do know that, you know, my mother has still close relationships with, for example, uh, King Juan, Har Juan Carlos in Spain and uh, Queen Sofia, who, you know, was also Greek. So we do still have diplomatic ties and royal ties. Technically, I could be going to some of the weddings if I wanted to, but no, you know me. I'm like a princess in terms of lifestyle because I like to be sport <laughs> being a girly girl. But, right, you know, right. I don't care. I'm all good. I mean, I, I cherish that. And of course, I'm blessed that I have that. But I don't need a title to uh, assert significance. Let's put it this way. Oh, no, 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 definitely. You are Alexia Maloki, this beautiful soul and who is amazing and working in Hollywood. And, you know, I always want to know, like, how did it all started? Because you're this big time producer and but, you know, it starts somewhere. So you come to this country, you're age 15. And what where was the spark in in doing film? Like, how did that happen? I love their questions. And it's so funny. Again, I think destiny pulls you towards your vision, right? It's something that, you know, the languages came in very handy. I was still in high school and all of a sudden I'm going to dinner with a friend of my mom. And he says to me, how would you like to make some extra money? And I'm like, sign me up. Okay. I, I, I love extra money. And he says, do you want to be a translator for this Italian distributor, which is somebody who basically buys American movies and releases them in Italy? And he doesn't speak a word of English. There is this big convention called the American Film Market. It goes on for a week. Would you want to be like basically following him around because he needs a translator and help him make those deals? And again, I was sign me up it's like the word <laughs> of the day right sign me up extra money getting to go see movies in movie theaters and advising him if they're good or not i'm like this is awesome and i get to make some extra money while in high school so that's literally how it started and i did a damn good job at it 
he said to me, listen, once you're done, you want to come to camp. You want to come to the camp Film festival, which was about three months down the road. As a and teenager? Like, oh. As a senior in high school. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. crazy. And, and of course, I'm not going to say that I went there in style because I wanted to go there so badly. He says, I can't pay for your tickets. I can't pay for your hotels. But if you want to come, I'll buy your, you know, your professional thing. And again, I just like literally used the money that I had for that translation job in February, got myself a ticket, ended up staying in this dingy little hotel outside of Cannes where like literally it was dingy. It was not the glamorous thing, but I wanted it so bad. I was like, I'm not going to be at the Cannes Festival. How am I just, just basically finished school and I'm in Cannes? So, of course, I went. And, of course, I, you know, I left it up and I did it. And I got to meet so many people. And then, you know, that's where things got started. Other people were like, hey, you speak Greek. You want to represent me and buy movies for Greece? I'm like, sure, sign me up. <laughs> you know, it was one of those things. So that's how it all started. Wow. So, you be so basically, you already had a business in high school, like literally, right? Literally, yeah. Yeah, I was like basically fresh out of high school and I am not someone, and I know you're a lawyer, so you did go to school to get your law degree, clearly, right? For me, it was about being in the school of life. I always wanted to be entrepreneurial. I was an entrepreneur from like the age of obviously 17 and 18. I did. I wanted to go and do things. I did not want to study things. I, I said, you know what? I can teach myself things that I need to learn, but I'm just going to dive and I'm going to do them. And so I was great. I'm going to consult for all these companies and they're going to pay me money and it's going to pay my rent and it's going to pay my bills. And then, you know, I said, I need to learn. So while these people were paying me, I decided to get hired by a small company, small production company. They were paying me like 400 bucks a month, which I guess in the 90s, it's good money. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, today, it's a, I think. Right, right, right. Good. Right. Yeah. I think yeah. It was good money. And, and, and I was like, and I swear to you, cause it's all about being humble. I was vacuuming. I was answering phones. I was doing telexes. Like what the hell? There were telexes back then and faxes. Like I did all that stuff. Like they would say my boss and he would say, Hey, listen, um, you know, call up this laboratory. We need to have this film print deliver. And I'm like, what am I saying? Oh, just figure it out. So this is how I did. I was figuring things out as I did them. And it was the best university because it was a university of life. And I loved it. I loved it. I learned so much from trial and error that when people were going to college and saying, oh, yeah, I want to be, you know, working as an executive. I'm like, I'm so ahead of you because I've already done four years of that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, really? Yeah. yeah. Before before you were 20, <laughs> you already had everything planned out. Wow. Talk about the university of life. Okay. 
Wow. So let's explore more about that. So here you are doing the the labor that is required of you, the faxes and the and uh, the printing and the calling. At what point did you say, okay, I know everything about this business. I'm going to branch out and make it my own. At what point did you decide that? Gotta tell you, again, I manifested the damn thing. It was so strange. <laughs> it was so strange. Here I was going, I, I, I think I went to a film market about six months into working for this company. And he took me to this big film convention in Milan, paid for my trip. Again, didn't cost him a thing because I could stay at my dad's. So it didn't cost him a hotel or anything. And I went there and all of a sudden there were these people wanting to buy movies from the company I was working for. And I just started selling movies like on my own. Like I just went up and people would go, hey, how much does the movie cost? And I would close deals. And all of a sudden in that one film market, I probably closed something like half a million dollars in deals. Again, we're talking the 90s for my boss. And I was like, wait a minute, like I can do this. I know how to sell. And then these people go and they say to me, uh, you and your mom, because my mom was working for the studios and she was doing finance and she's super sharp. You've met her, I think. Um, they're like, why don't we finance you and your mom to start your own company? Go look for movies to sell all over the world. You guys speak the languages. You, you know what to do. So I go and I say, hey, mom, guess what? We're starting a company. <laughs> at the age of 19 and a half so was she saying estás loca did she say estás loca yeah, or she, she said, said yes see 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 my mother any chance because she really doesn't like the corporate life <laughs> any chance to say you know great uh we get to make our own schedule we make to do our own thing and you know she loves socializing she loves networking being the princess and you know, the finishing school lady that she is. For her, this is her world to network. And she that's why she was made, doing very well. And that's how we started. And so basically, fast forward, I made my first million dollars at the age of 21. Oh, amigas. At the age of 21, she made her first million. Hello. What? Oh, yeah. what is the secret? Oh, my goodness. What is I the secret? I to tell you. I've thought about this and I wanted to share that with your listeners because I was like, I, I'm going to have to drop some wisdom here so that people can understand that it's applicable in every area of life. Okay. So of course, you know, making a million dollars was a little bit easier for me at the time, because when you're selling films for a lot of money and you're taking a 10% commission, it's like being a realtor today when you're selling mm -hmm. a $5 million home of course, you're going to get a big cut and then there's going to be a big amount of money. Okay. But I think for me, it was, I call it my three rules for success. Mm -hmm. And um, the first rule is to be intentional in everything you do. And you cannot be intentional if you're not passionate. Because think about it. If you have a passion about doing something, then it's going to be very easy to be focused and intentional on wanting to pursue that thing. So I was, my passion birth, gave birth to my intention to succeed. So that was one. 
rule number one. Rule number two for me was becoming aligned with everything that I stood for. So that goes with the messaging of the movies that I wanted to sell or the storytelling that I wanted to get behind. It had to be aligned with my values, with my own personal values and what I believe in. And it was also being aligned with like-minded people. So say if you want to sell a movie that talks about big dreams and hope and inspiration, you're certainly not going to go and seek out the buyer who likes depressing films. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you want to be somebody who understands that. So that was for me becoming aligned was about that, was about being aligned with my values, being aligned with my brand messaging, because everything is personal branding, and being aligned also with uh, the type of people that I wanted to be in business with. And the third rule, which I think has been the most important thing for me in my life, do you remember the movie Working Girl with no, Melanie yeah. Griffith? Yes, okay. yes. I think that is like the biggest lesson in being an entrepreneur and being ambitious for a woman in success. If you remember what she used to do while being a secretary, she used to read everything, newspapers, oh, and she used yeah. to clip. You remember she used to clip all these articles about things that could potentially be interesting down the road for her boss. And that's how she was able, if you remember in the movie, to give her own boss a big deal because her boss was negotiating something and she had read that the guy that was the head of this big company that her boss wanted to be in business with was going to a wedding or had a wedding of his daughter. And then she showed up at the wedding and she basically sold him on doing business with her boss. So I feel that information is power, right? And... How do you become confident, which is my number one, or actually my number three rule, is having as much information as knowledge that you can get for yourself. Because if you know things, there's going to be an aura about you. You're going to display confidence. Even you, my amiga Jackie, as a lawyer, had you not really studied law and really knew the ins and outs, could you go in a room and confidently negotiate for your client if you did not do your research and you did not get the education that you got as a lawyer. So I think information does breed confidence. Of course, you have to also have alignment and intention and passion and all of that. That's almost like a recipe for a cake, right? Yes, but yes. Really, information is the most important thing in the world. If you go into a meeting and you notice somebody's desk, they have a picture of their kids and you want to sell them something. But you, the first thing you do is you make a connection and say, oh, you have a son, you have a daughter. What is their name? And then you remember that they tell you, oh, you know, my son loves to play basketball. I'm just saying. And then maybe for Christmas, six months down the road, you gift him with a basketball for his son. That's going to go so far for business it's, dealing and success. Yeah. And it works in every area. It's simple. Uh, you know, you're right. You're absolutely right. Because I, you know, as you're saying the, the three rules that you have, it is 
it's not like it's huge or rocket scientists. It's something that is so practical. But I think that many individuals lose track of that. They're just so used to the hustle and the bustle and the selling and the selling without really putting forth thought into, into getting to know the person and the ins and outs, the research that it entails to be able to serve and support instead of sell, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because information is not knowledge, right? And so somebody can be going and saying, I went to film school, I know how to make a movie. But then do you really know what you need to do in order to get someone to want to take a meeting with you so that you can stand a chance to shine as a filmmaker, actor, director, singer, whatever. And so if you gather information about the type of people you want to be in business with, their personal things, what they like, it really does help. You know, which is really why I wrote this book, by the way, is because I know you wanted to bring it up. I mean, I wrote this book, The Heart of Show Business, which should be dropping, God willing, for Christmas uh, this year. That is, if I can get it all finished up, because I'm about 80% in. uh, Oh, you will. You will. Let's put it in. You're already putting it out to the universe, so it must be done. Yes, I gave myself a deadline because, you know, I have to do that, right? Right, you and exactly. I have through that with launching courses and everything. And so, yeah, so I decided, you know, as I was speaking on so many word stages and as I was doing my podcast, because you and I launched a podcast pretty much the same time, um, right. which was so exciting. It was, it was a natural thing for people to ask me. They're like, oh, you know, I, I'm hearing all these inspirational journeys from all these great people you're bringing on your show. But you also have your own journey and you have your rules and you have tips that you can give us from an insider on how to really work the ins and outs of how Hollywood truly works, you know? And so I was like, you know what? They're like, if you if you wrote a book, they said to me so many times, I would buy it. Mm-hmm. Because there is there's books about screenwriting, there's a book about acting, there's a book about producing. But there's really no book about mindset and insider information from somebody who's done it before. And so that's why I created my book. It really was turning your passion projects into a viable commodity because you can do that with little things like the three rules that I just told you. Yes. Oh, my God. Well, we can't wait to to pick it up and smell it and read it and just digest it. Amigas, if you're interested in Hollywood in, in, any, in any form or shape, this is a book that you need because she is a person that only gives you straight up. Exactly. No BS. As you can see, she's like sharing all these wonderful nuggets, her three rules of success. I mean, come on. Where else are you going to find this stuff? Only with someone like Alexia, who is an honest individual who has the soul driven and she's all about the heart of show business, right? And so I, we're really, really excited to have you here. Oh my God. Thank you so much, Alexia, for all of that. And, you know, as you're telling us about the book, you know, I always feel like, okay, yes, there's some amazing, beautiful things, but I'm sure there was challenges along the way. Can you think of a challenge that you had that you're like, oh my God, I'm glad that I overcame that, that you want to share with the amigas here? 
Yes. I mean, I think it has to do with the fact that as women, okay, we are still in a situation where we are still a little bit of the second class citizen mm -hmm. in the room. We, we, can, we can say that we're confident. We can say that things are changing and they are. But there's still that perception that the female is really great at public relations. She's there to sparkle. She's there to do all those things. And then when you put out your fangs or your nails, sparkly nails, and you you get tough, people sometimes are almost upset at you, you know, and we have to because they don't expect that from you. They don't expect you to be tough. They expect you to be all sparkly and bubbly and easy to manipulate because you're a woman and they can charm you and they can do all those things. And I've had that happen multiple times in my life. I can't even think of a specific moment. Well, maybe I can, but it was like a moment that I was shooting a movie and it was an all male dominated movie set. And I remember I had done everything, Jackie, about that. I had raised the money, I had brought in the directors from Italy. Everything was there. And it was the first day on the movie set. And I will remember it as it were yesterday that the directors were lost. And I could tell that they were lost and they were scared and they were confused. And I really wanted to go and intervene when they were doing the scene with the actor to show them that it was okay. I wanted to step in as a producer and say, okay, how we can do that. And I remember that I went there and one of the male producers did like this and he like put a hand on and say, I got this, I'm handling it. And I was like, oh crap. And there goes the fear because I had brought in this directors and I'm like, I can't really speak up. I can't really say anything because what if this other producer decides to shut the movie down and then my clients are going to be out of a job and then I'm going to be embarrassed. You know, all these things, right? We start like in our heads, mm -hmm. we start panicking. And, um, and so I, I ate it. I ate that crap um, in, for the sake of the movie. And I think that you and I have been on a journey, on a spiritual journey for many, many years. Now we're talking, this happened about six years ago, seven years ago. Had this happened today, I would have said, Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. no. You're not no shutting way. me up. No. Uh -uh. Uh -uh. No. No way. No. But wow. we get that. And we get in our heads because I think we as women always want to be liked. I mean, it's ingrained in the feminine energy to be liked. And if somebody says to you, well, you're, you know, ruffling too many feathers oh oh yeah uh, and they might or not too like aggressive you. or too aggressive yeah right what's yes. your problem yes. what's your problem oh my god well, how you're emotional yeah right you're <laughs> emotional uh right. a man can be a bully and can cuss you out but then if you decide to speak up oh you must be on your period you're emotional Excuse me. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Oh, you know what? I probably would have come back and said, like, yes, I am. So you need to get with it, or else you're really gonna see me. <laughs> right? We handle so, it. Handle it. <laughs> wow. Say so it. Amiga, I mean, how should I, I call you up? I wish I knew you then. <laughs> oh, well, you know, now you know me, but now you've got all the tools and hacks that, that you don't need me in, in that regard. But I mean, I can, I can totally see that we, we have that um, in every industry, obviously. Right. 
And, um, and we've seen it in Hollywood, like with the whole Me Too movement. I mean, I, like I always knew something it happens because it happens in every industry, yeah. but it was such a hush hush. And I'm sure that the insiders knew, but the public didn't know at large. And so when that happened, I mean, I'm sure you were probably like, finally, finally, people are speaking up, right? Because it's not only the actors, it's also the producers and directors, female directors also that probably underwent those kind of challenges. Yes, yes. But then it also goes on the opposite side of the spectrum, as you and I were just talking about offline. Where now we're being hypercritical and we're being ready to point fingers to everybody because we want to be so politically correct. So, I mean, it went from the point, yes, there has been a Me Too movement. Yes, there's been abuse. Yes, there's been harassment. But at the same time, it then became let's castigate all poor men, because if they look at you the certain way, then that means that they are harassing you and that's not true. And then we're punishing them, even the good ones. And it's happening right now, as we're talking about, for example, in the Heights, you know, which, you know, me being a closet Latina, as we spoke, (laughs) the first movie that I saw was like, Puerto Rico, like it was so great. It was like the music, the the, the, the spirit. And then all of a sudden there is all the scandal going because it wasn't uh, dark-skinned enough in the show. There were not, an, yeah, and, and, and I'm thinking, this is Lin-Manuel Miranda who did Hamilton, like, hello? Um, like, you think he's actually doing this on purpose? Like, he, he's talking about his life as an immigrant. He's talking being Puerto Rican and growing in the Heights in New York. These are the people he used to know. He hired people based on their talent and marriage a.k.a. meritocracy, not because I have to choose to have it, how many, you know, darker people I'm going to have, how many Asians I'm going to have. He's not judging on that. He's judging on talent. And he was inclusive. He had everybody in the spectrum. So for people to go now and say, oh, Lin-Manuel has to apologize. This was the movie celebrating for the first time since West Side Story, Latinos, right. for the first time. Right. And they're shutting it down. So not cool. So I'm going to say it and I'm going to go on record. So not cool. Yes. Yes. It's not cool. It's like, I mean, let's not be extremists. Yeah. You know, yes, we, there's things that people have done that um, are wrong. And then there's also things that people have done that are right. But you can't categorize everyone in one in one pocket it's it, you can't we need to take everything and um and and just evaluate each and every one of them you know i'm different than you alexia alexia you're different from my husband you're you know we're all different people and i'm latin and and you know for me like they look at me and you're like you're mexican and i'm like uh well what what do you want me to be <laughs> why because i'm lighter skin then some, and it's like, I'm like, that's not cool. That's not cool. Like we all come in different colors and shapes and everything. Let's just celebrate that we're all human with our gifts and our talents. Exactly, exactly. And this was so much more about 
you know, I mean, America, right? It's the great land of opportunity. I lived it. You lived it. Look at you, how successful you are. I came here. Yes, it's true. Royal family, but that didn't open the doors for me or it didn't, you know, give me extra money in the bank. I still had to work at it. And the Latinos are the hardest working people I know. And to me, it was so insulting because when this movie is about celebrating like the abuelas who came in and they were cleaning homes and breaking their backs to give opportunities to everybody, you know, in, in they call it the barrio, right? The barrio. Mm -hmm. and, and it was about that and dreaming and finding where your home is, your heritage, your roots, you know, your family. That's the messaging. Let's not take away from that. Let's leave that movie being inspired that we can all be more and we can live in harmony if we have the right people next to us. And that's the message of the movie. Let's not stain it, people. Please keep going. The movie was a success. They say it tanked. Baloney, it's done very well. So I'm, you know, here I am speaking on Amiga about all the Amigas and Amigos. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, you're adopted. You're the adopted Latina. <laughs> I, have right. to. I have to. I have to say something. Like, I have to say something. No, I, and I and and I agree with you because I mean, yeah, we're all just we're all the same. I mean, really, I mean, inside we're all the same. We all have hearts. We all have skin. We all have eyes. So you know, let's just love one another. That's like the first thing you know, love and that's it. You know, don't, don't go on hating just for the sake of hating. What is that? That's so horrible. No, 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 no. Yeah. No, that's horrible. So Amiga. Okay. I want to know what is, I mean, I don't know if you have a favorite, but I'm thinking you do a, a favorite film that you produced. Are you allowed to mm. say? Oh my. Um, <laughs> I would probably have to say because of the messaging, not so much because it was a big budget movie, but it would be a movie that I made a few years back called Steaming Roses with John Hurd and uh, Cindy Williams. And uh, oh my God, there were so many people in it. Uh, Al Sapienza was in it from The Sopranos. And I, I think that movie has a special memory for me because it was a very happy set, right? We're talking about energy. I like the other set. That set was people really believing in the film. The messaging was, it was very timely because it was during, right before Obamacare rolled out. So it was about um, the, you know, health insurance and how many people sometimes are losing their health insurance because, you know, if they're making more, a little bit more money, they fall out of that pocket. Therefore, they're not entitled to it. This was before Obamacare. And then if they were making too much. So there was all about that. And so it was a very timely movie because it was showing about this man who basically his wife has cancer and he's not getting covered. He cannot treat her. He doesn't have enough money to treat her. He doesn't have insurance, but he also doesn't qualify for Medicaid. And he ends up with his best friends deciding to go rob the bank that turned him down and wouldn't give him a loan. And of course, his son is a cop and he's trying to stop him. But he's a man who loves his wife. They've been married forever and he wants to help her. And so they had so many great messages, that movie. And it was a very happy set. 
where I literally loved being around the actors, the people I loved the, you know, then of course, you know, it, it didn't quite had the success that it was supposed to, because again, there's politics sometimes, you know, the director mm -hmm. chose a wrong distributor who I was not happy with, but she decided to go that way. And therefore, you know, you can lead them to water, my friends, you can't make them drink. So, oh, um, agreed. Oh yeah. Right. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. So I did my best. That's all. Yeah. I hey, and, and this and you're proud, and this is one of your favorite films. See, it just goes to show that it's not about the money making, right? It's one of those three successes that you, the three rules of your success is that it's uh it's whether what if it's intentional and it's aligned with you. Exactly. Makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense. I love that. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. Ay, amiga, yeah. there's, podemos hablar bastante. I know. Oh, okay, I know. And and now we're like at the top of the I'm hour. A <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm a chat. I'm like, zip it. No, 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 no zipping. But yeah. I do, before we actually, you know, end this, um, this call, I always ask my amigas uh, to provide one or two tips on how they can handle their shit. And girl, you've done it. So I know you, you've got tips for us. I would say my most important tip for all the tip, I say it Italian style, tip, uh, <laughs> the most important tip for all the amigas out there is to stand in your truth mm -hmm. and be authentic and be real. But most of all, fight for your truth, fight it with your teeth, with your nails, because ultimately it's the only thing that you've got and that you're going to take with you to your grave. It's your own personal truth. And it's the most important thing. That's what makes you go to sleep at night and saying, it's okay. My conscience is clean and tomorrow's going to be a better day. Even when you have challenges, at least you can hold on to your own truth. And that's the most important piece of advice I can give to anybody, really. Because we're here not for a long time. And if we don't go... When we go to the next planet or the next world or the next body, depending on what we think about or heaven, if we were truthful to ourselves and we stood in our truth, it's going to be okay. I can assure you of that. Oh. And that's over and my make drop. <laughs> yep. Boop. Boop. Yes. There you go. So you got it, amiga. Stand in your truth. Okay. You can't move forward without standing in your truth. I mean, really, yeah. that's all you have in the end of the day. You're not going to take your money. You're not going to bury the money when you get buried. But if you lived an honest, conscious life with truth before you, you lived. You lived. And you leave a legacy. Right? I love that. Amazing <laughs> final words, Jackie. Oh, your words, my love. You are amazing. So, amigas out there, search out her book that she's it's coming out cross fingers she put it out to the universe in december and we're gonna put it in the show notes so that they all can come back and listen to the podcast and go back in and make sure that they purchase the book thank, thank you so, so much. much for having me it's oh. been lovely Oh I my missed God. you. I miss you too. <laughs> so we got to definitely coordinate something. So we're going to go offline now, girls. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you so much for, for being here at Amiga Handle Your Shit Podcast. Muchas gracias a todos y esperamos que vamos a hacer un futuro muy, muy brillante para todas las mujeres que 
tiene mucho corazón como ti, como yo y como todas las amigas que están escuchando tu podcast. Oh, gracias, gracias de todo corazón. Hasta sí. luego. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Amiga Handle Your Shit Podcast. If anything resonates with you today, please share it with your friends and subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. Don't forget to share it on Instagram, Facebook, and other social media platforms. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at www.amigahandleyourshit.com. Thank you so much for listening. Gracias y hasta la próxima.